Welcome to everyone's favorite podcast, It's Reclaimed Audio, with your hosts, Phil Pinsky, Phil Roots, and Tim Sway. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of Reclaimed Audio. This is episode 205 for October 16th, 2019. Uh, my name is Phil Pinskin. With me, as always, is Bill Lutz. And that's it. Um, this week's top Patreon supporters are Lakeside Woodcrafter, Stu Morrison, The Godfather, Jimmy DeResta. <laughs> That is the best you've ever done that. That was tremendous. It's never sounded better. Scott Turner, Greg Mead, Chad Grossclaws, Shane Bronson, Jeff Shaw, Infinite Craftsman, LiquidRC.com, Jim Bashirs, Paul Jackman, the boys over at Maybe I've Said Too Much, Creator Nader, Wesley Treat, Rob Ray, Darren Mattis, Kling Spores, Josh Alexander, and Gangi and Pop Pop Makerspace. We're doing the thing where we pretend that Tim doesn't exist, right? Ah, uh, that might be played out. We Is could it just we, we could just complain about the fact that he's out having fun and we're stuck doing this stupid podcast. I mean, flip a coin. Uh, what are we working on? Um, Why don't you I, go ahead and say I, the words. Yeah, I was gonna say um, I am still in the process of waiting for Heidi Jacobs to send me the ceramic body for a, a guitar that I want to build. Um, but mostly I'm, uh, I'm working on healing because I just got uh, minor surgery done today. And uh, my back, I actually pulled my back out last week too. And I knew I was going to have this week off for this surgery. So I suffered at work for like four days until Friday. It was unbearable. It was just awful. And Heidi, I mean, as soon as, uh, Casey, as soon as I got off of work, I'm bringing up my ex-wife's name. That's great. Perfect, perfect. Uh, uh, as soon as I got off of work on Friday, Casey came home and took me to the emergency room because I was worried, is it? Is it not just a pulled back? Is it something crazy? And it's not. It's just a pullback. So, yeah. So I did that all weekend and tried to relax. And then uh, yesterday was a holiday, and then today I had my surgery. But here I am still. I'm still. And I know, Phil, that you're not feeling a hundred percent. And we no. do what we can. We 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 make sure that we are loyal to our listeners, and we're here. And um, where's Tim? I believe he is on some kind of. Um uh, retreat, uh, taking care of himself and no one else, something yes. like that. Yes. Yeah. Sad thing is, is I think that um, most everybody that pledges to our uh, our Patreon is probably there with him. <laughs> oh, great! Rub it in even more. We can't be there. We are we are of course talking about the uh, rest of the maker camp at uh, up there on his farm. And uh, for those of you living under a rock, I'll let you know that it's been all over social media, all these amazing pictures, all these amazing people from across the globe. Um, and it's just uh, really, I'm like green with jealousy and envy here. I really wish I could have been there. Yeah, it's up in the Catskills. I don't know that it's on Jimmy's farm. I think it's... Oh, uh, I thought it was it, in Jimmy's. No? It's, well, everybody is staying at Jimmy's because, you know, Laura Kampf is there hanging out with him. Jesse uh, Weta is there. Um so yeah, a lot of people are staying at Jimmy's farm, but oh, I believe I it's at it's at a location. Um, but the the pictures on social media have been amazing. I mean, it looks like they're doing a lot of fun. Uh, people doing blacksmithing. Uh, Tim's making guitars on his Laszlo CNC. Pat Lapp's turning uh, pallet wood bowls on somebody's lathe because he didn't bring that from Canada with him. 
No. Uh, yeah, Jackman's there. Yeah, there's a bunch of amazing people showed up. Joel Crawford, I saw pictures of him. Paul, yeah, Paul Miette, you know, uh, Jimmy's dad and brother. Uh, yeah, it just doesn't get any better. Except, well, it sucks because we're not there. Right. I mean, it'd be way better if we were there. That's what I'm saying. It would. It would be absolutely be the thing to go to if we yeah. were able to go. Right. But it's right. it's second best to that. Mm-hmm. Third, really. But. Um... <laughs> Anyways, I'll move on to what I've been working on, which is nothing really. And tomorrow I'm getting on an airplane to go to North Carolina. So um, Ooh, probably no luck in getting that, anything done there. Uh, what's, isn't weather supposed to be terrible over there? Oh, terrific. Let me just double check that. I'm going to be in High Point, North Carolina for the uh, furniture market that's happening. High Point, North Carolina weather. I mean, sure, I'll do this on air. Why not? Yeah. Currently, it's a balmy 76. No, uh, it's going to be pretty rainy, but Thursday through Saturday will be very nice. Okay. And rainy Well, they tomorrow. knew you were coming. They, they, they cleared it up, so. They always do that. And it, honestly, yeah. it always rains there in October. <laughs> always. Anytime I go. So, um, so yeah, so that's what I'm doing. I'm getting on airplane. I've been doing a lot of traveling for work, so not much time in the shop. And uh, otherwise, it's been a lot of a lot of family time. But um, actually, I'm not going to apologize for that. I think that's time really well spent. No, and that that reminds me, I'll be doing family time as well. Aspen is flying in tomorrow with her friend for a fall break. So her oh, friend cool. and Aspen will be with us from um, tomorrow until Sunday. So we're going to go do some. Alcatraz sightseeing and some check out some old cemeteries they want to do. I'm not sure why, but we'll do that. And uh, just some couple of local attractions. She'll spend time with her cousin who lives out here, and it'll be fun. So, yeah, family Amazing. time is great. Yeah. Um, so, let's move right into our topic. This week, we're talking about second opinions. And uh, we kind of have to set the pre-show, and the reason we're bringing it up is because uh, well, why don't you tell the story of, of your fatty tissue there? <laughs> yeah, so about five years ago, my very first surgery ever was because I had developed a lump on my neck, and having it checked out, it was supposedly not that big a deal. It was just a lipoma, which I guess is a fatty tumor, but it was attached to my salivary gland on my right side of my neck. And the doctor says, what I'm going to do is go in there and just remove that, and everything will be fine. Well, after the surgery, he tells me, well, I didn't remove the whole thing, because it was only wrapped around half of it. I left half of your salivary gland so you don't get dry mouth. I don't know if that's good or bad. I said, okay, I guess. Well, he said there's a chance it might grow back. It did. So five years later, I have this large fatty deposit now in a perfect cavity carved out for it that the doctor made the first time. And um, so I had to have it done again. And it just made me think that, you know, you mentioned second opinions about always get a second opinion. And since that was my first ever medical uh, procedure, I don't know that I would have known to go get a second opinion. Uh, yeah, no, not not the blame game. I just thought it was a good opportunity to. No, I was just thinking about that. It's like that's a good. It does sound like a good idea, and I kind of do that now, um, uh, especially in medical. But yeah, it's 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 true. So that brought up second opinions, and we thought, well, what what can we apply that to our podcast? And uh, you can take over. Oh, thank you. Well, I mean, I, uh, I, we're all hyper-connected right now. I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, you're at least connected that way. But I think a lot of us are connected through Facebook and Instagram and uh, part of the 
the groups that we're all a member of on Facebook. And if you're not, feel free to reach out to us and we'll point you in that direction. But there are a ton of them now. I think like four years ago, maybe there was like one or two. Yeah. And now there are a ton on Facebook. So I, I would even really say great. there's a lot of um, actual personal connections being made too. As you travel, sometimes yes. you'll hook up with people. Things that you would have done five years ago we're doing now people that come by california are stopping by my house makers so we're we are way connected way connected yeah so so in that vein um you know before i try to do something i've never done before i a lot of the times will post the question um onto one of the facebook groups and you know get a flurry of answers the ironic thing of course is that uh the person who always gives me the best advice is Bill, and I could have just texted him and, and saved everyone a lot of heart. But I'll tell you one thing. I think regardless of whether whoever gets the right answer or not, I think having that communication out there and having that answer out there for more people to see it just helps everyone in general. So even if it's a dumb question, I don't remember what the last one was. I don't know. I don't remember what I was doing. There was a, a question somebody posted recently on one of the groups. Um wanted to remove a wall inside the house and his question was do you think this is a supporting wall yeah load bearing wall and he had gone down the basement and they were so oh, if it, if the joists are running in the same way as uh, this and that it's not but what's funny about that is there was probably three different answers and not just one or two people but there was quite a few people so sometimes you get a little more than you bargain for because it's like a lot of people sounding like they knew what they were saying were saying three different things it came you know there's a lot of different answers yeah but it's basically three different ones where yes it's low bearing no it's not and even though it's not low bearing you still shouldn't do it or something you know what i mean so it's like that second opinion sometimes can be good but what do you do in that case when you when you reach out and try and get some advice and uh you find yourself stuck with you know the same well i'm not sure what to do yet you know i will um I'm all for uh, the DIY movement. Do it yourself. Save as much money as possible. Uh, funny story. This morning, I went to go get an oil change, right. and uh, and and one of the the scams they always pull on you is the old air filter, uh, you know, thing. And so he pulls out he pulls out the engine air filter, you know, shows it to me that it's dirty. Then he scurries on into you know my car, pulls out the cabin air filter, shows me that that one's dirty also, and then he goes, uh, yeah, I it's. Uh, it's uh, these are these are filthy. You got to replace them, and I don't remember the last time I did it was, but I know that the 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 uh, engine air filter is something like twelve thousand miles, and the one into the cabin is anywhere between uh, twelve and forty thousand miles. You know what I mean? And I barely drive my car anymore because I'm on the road so much. Right, right. Um, and he goes there. It's forty five bucks a piece. So the the oil change was sixty bucks, and it was gonna be another ninety dollars for air filters. And I said, okay, uh, we can't just blow it off with some compressed air. He goes, no, no, you need to change it to maintain your warranty yeah and as soon as soon as he said that to me i was like alarm bells nonsense so yeah. i went onto canadiantire.ca while he was sitting there and i see that they're like 12 bucks a piece yeah yeah and they're so easy to do yourself so i said you know just just put them i actually literally what i said was jesus christ put them back yeah yeah and uh so so i'm all for doing it yourself when it makes sense when it's easy when like there's very little consequence of screwing up what's the worst case i wasted 20 bucks if i get it wrong and then I'll go back and have it spend the 90 there, whatever the case may be. But knocking out a wall that's potentially load-bearing, that's when I say, bring in a pro. Who's wa warrantied and insured? Well, I, I, on top of that, I agree with that. Also, bring in a pro if you know somebody. If you have a, if you have a relative or a friend who's an actual contractor, this is what they do for a living. And I know everybody's a contractor and licensed and uh, mm. insured online. 
Um, yeah. But if you actually, yeah, I would say something like that. Bring in, br- probably bring in somebody, and hopefully you know somebody that can just tell you, look, this this is just cosmetic. You can tear this out yourself. Put up some more studs. You know, uh, put some sheetrock up, and you're good to go. Change it how you want, or no, this is something you can't take this out. It has to be there. Yeah, um, you got to put like in that. a structural beam. Who knows? You know, like you c- it can be done, but. Not by you, right? Right, and even and here's here's the thing: is a lot of times, even if it's not a load bearing wall, especially on an old house, if you tear it out, you can expect that there the house has settled onto everything there. Yeah. So when you pull one part of it out, it's not going to fall down, but it is probably going to move and settle and crack a little bit. So, and that'll freak people out. Then you that's when they freak out and they call in the contractor. Oh my gosh, my house is going to fall down because I took out this wall. So now they pay some jerk that comes in and you know if if that happens, but they pay somebody to come in and redo their whole room when they only really want to just put an arch into the kitchen you know or something like that right so it's crazy casey just went for uh she's got the toyota rav4 hybrid now and it's um her first oil change so i've been on her about doing that she came back says okay i got the oil change so oh, that's good and she says yeah you know it was like 89 dollars i'm like what synthetic yeah yeah it's just oh yeah well i got the synthetic because they said that it's good for my warranty and that it's good i don't have to change it every 3,000 miles, I can go every 7,500. I says, well, honey, that car is actually made to go 7,500 miles on just regular oil. Says, you don't have to pay, you don't have to pay that. Anyway, so, but yeah, that happens. And, and they, and when I go into the same place, they don't try that on me. You know, they'll ask you, hey, do you, what, what do you want to use? Synthetic? I'm like, no, just put, just put regular oil in it. You know, we don't. Yeah. I normally would. Today I got lucky. And he goes, uh, he goes, your car's only okay for, uh, Semi-synthetic or synthetic, but word to the wise, I'm actually out of semi-synthetic, so I can I'll give you the full sin oh, and charge go. you for the semi. I was like, all right, I'll pay the sixty beans. But uh, that second opinion thing, though, man. I mean, okay, so here's my theory has always been every three thousand miles. I don't care what the car says, right? If it says seventy five hundred, whatever, I'll do every three thousand miles. My brother, on the other hand, he's never changed his oil on any truck he's ever owned. He's always work trucks. Never changes oil more than every ten thousand miles. That's it. It's I about every ten thousand, and he does it now. The oil comes out black, and the filter's horrible, Ugh. and everything. But he gets well over a hundred thousand miles on these trucks every time. Yeah. You know, he's just like it's. It's always worked for me. You know. Yeah. So I, I'm not sure why. So I guess investigating why you're supposed to do something a certain way. What really are you trying to accomplish? Is your engine going to blow up, <laughs> or is it instead of only lasting one hundred and fifty thousand miles? It would have lasted two hundred. I'm kind of like I'll. I don't ever own a car that goes over a hundred thousand miles. So, no, for sure. But the also the thing is, is like, what's your ownership structure, right? Is it a is it a purchased vehicle that you're looking to keep for 10, 15 years, or is it a leased vehicle right, right. that you're holding on to right. for four years? Like, my car was leased for three years, and right. so I just needed. To, it's going to be under warranty its entire lifespan with me. I'm get I'm getting my oil changed when they put the little sticker on there. I keep the receipt with me in the glove box. I've got as many right. as every six months or whatever it takes me to get there. So as far as I'm concerned, I did my due diligence. I am yeah. covered. If at the end of this car's lifespan, it's it's slurping out uh, schlockety schlock or whatever it is there, I don't care. That's a that's a Lorax quote. But anyways, uh, I I do I do what's what's necessary to maintain the uh, the vehicle, and that's it. I'm not. Uh, 3,000 miles, it feels like really babying the car. <clears throat> uh, 
My my thought always was, and I don't know why, it's just how I learned it, and it was always that if you keep the oil clean, if you don't let the oil get black, you'll never yeah. you'll never hurt the engine. And I don't know if that was that's just how I was taught. I didn't really care. It's like okay, good enough for me. And oil changes didn't used to be that expensive. They're, they're getting kind of pricey now. Yes, um, they are. But and it it's used harder to, be, to do you know, it yourself. 19, it is if you don't want to, because I mean, you know, you used to do it out in the middle of your driveway, and nobody complained about it. Yeah. Um, you know, and you take you just go drop the oil off at, a, at any gas station. It was okay. Well, now there's recycling fees. There's uh, neighborhoods don't want you doing that in your driveway. So there's a lot to it. But again, it went from 19.99 to 29.99. And it's usually you don't ever get an oil change for less than 50 bucks. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know. You know, because you're they, they have the re, I don't know. It's kind of crazy. So instead of oil changes, though, in in the maker world, um, so I I think there's two kinds of of second opinions. Some are solicited, some are unsolicited. Mm -hmm. Um, And we've kind of talked about the solicited ones, things you got to kind of walk watch out for. What's a good experience though, where you've reached out, I need something done, and you got the right advice the first time around, and um, I um, I saw some black mold on. on a wall in the basement just like it was like bubbling up through a seam um, in my basement and I reached out to the Facebook group again actually this one was was not advice that I got from you ironically this one was uh, <laughs> this is advice I got from I think it was Justin Sparks uh, it's he's, either me Gib or Justin so yeah Gib helped me on a different one actually you guys are you guys are my uh, <laughs> the father the son and the Holy Ghost for this stuff um, yeah so what it was in the end, and I think he correctly predicted it, was that there was something was like two different kinds of metals, like copper and aluminum were touching. And okay. so it created a reaction that looked like black mold, but it really wasn't. It, it was just, basically was a patina. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah, exactly. It was rust yeah. at the end of the day, right? It was a, some kind of oxidation. So it looked like it. Anyway, so I, I ripped out all the drywall and, uh, and then I, I separated that metal and isolated, cleaned everything out of there. But in the meantime, I still sprayed the heck out of it with like fungicide and right, right, and bleach and all that stuff. And then I and then I redid it, and I haven't seen it since, so it's been great. So that that one was a good one. And the other one was Gib helped me through a blown circuit board on my furnace. That's he, right. Uh, yeah, he helped me wire it to just perm- be permanently on until I could get replacement parts and fix it. But he kind of also gave me the courage to like, don't worry, there's nothing you're gonna break here. Just, you know, so I, I got the parts myself and I, the whole thing would have cost me two grand if I had brought somebody in, but it cost me 200 bucks instead. Well, that's, that's good stuff. Yeah, I that was good. Uh, probably some of the stuff I've reached out the most for, for help, um, has been finishing work on my, on projects. Okay. I'm just, man, I'm, I'm just, I don't care for finishes. Mark Spagnolo finishes. I don't think those are real. I think Mark is a, a magician. He's yeah. he doesn't really exist. I'm I'm almost sure because his quality of work is so far beyond anything I will ever attempt. You know, he's just a, a, a master at it. But so a lot of times I'll finish something, and, and when I was younger, it's just like what's going to dry the fastest. I just want to put on four coats and be done with it. Yeah, find that, you know, lacquer is probably a good choice. Um, something I can put on two coats, but I can buff the heck out of a good water poly. So that's what I probably reached out the most for, and you, and finishing is one of those things where you can you can put out a little tester and you will get ninety nine opinions, and most of them are right. I mean, it depends upon what you want to do, but you'll get a lot of different uh, advice: what temperature to use, 
Should you spray it? Should you paint it on, brush it on? Should you rub it on? Uh, go with them just a plain oil? Or are you going to go with something that's sticky and has to dry? I mean, it's, so that's, that's kind the of toughest fun. one. The yeah. toughest one is asking for an opinion where there's no right answer. It literally yeah. just is opinion. And it so comes back, then get... it's back down to you, and you still got to make a choice. You know, right. I almost want to be able to. I think. I think for me, when I when I ask for a second opinion, I want somebody to affirmatively tell me something that I'm just going to do because mm -hmm. I trust them and I can blame them if it doesn't work. Correct. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a hundred percent. It's about liability. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> Bill said, and then look what happens. Yep. 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 I mean, it takes it. It relieves you of that that pressure of you being the one responsible. So. You know, there are two kinds of freedom. There's freedom to do something, and there's freedom from having to do something. So this is the freedom <laughs> from having to think. And of course, you know, freedom is not free. Uh, well, giving up your freedom certainly is. <clears throat> I mean, there's a cost to it, but anyways, I this is the wrong podcast. We should do some kind of philosophy-based podcast. Well, I can do that. The Vicodin's starting to kick in right now. <laughs> oh. My goodness. Um, unsolicited. Yes. Unsolicited. Chapter two. So, so yeah, and I think um, for anybody that makes a video, and, and first of all, bravo to anybody that makes a video and mm -hmm. puts it out in the in the unit maker sphere. Um, because what you're basically saying is that I'm giving anybody the opportunity to just be a jerk and say stuff that most often that they don't know what they're talking about or they're just being mean or there's just, you know, I mean, so that opportunity is there when you make a video, but you're inviting that unsolicited uh, second opinion about something. Even when you don't ask for it, it's like, I made this thing, this is how I did it. And people will say, well, you did that wrong. No, here it is. Look, I did it. It's right there. I just showed you how I did it. It worked out fine. No, that was wrong. You didn't do that right at all. That's that's yeah. that's not going to work. No, it did work. Here's the proof. I have the thing right here, so it's kind I'm of funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that that's kind of fun. Um, there's also when you anytime you do client work, you do commission work. You're you're basically asking for unsolicited second opinions. Is it unsolicited though? It, well, it's paid they, for. They own your work, it, right? So. It's it's paid for, but it's still uh, to me unsolicited means they're going to tell you something you didn't ask for. Right. Yeah. You've you've already done the talking, you've uh, you've made the made the agreement, you've discussed everything there is to discuss, yeah. so you think, and then halfway through or at the end or whatever, at some point they're gonna come back and say, You know what would be better? Or could you yeah. make that this big instead of that big now? Uh, you know, things like that. I had a guy where I used to work, uh, when I was at the bike manufacturer and I had a nickname for him and it was Wouldn't It Be Awesome? Because Every meeting, no matter what the topic was, he'd always have some preamble and he'd say, wouldn't it be awesome if, and then he would go on into this whole thing. And then one day the CEO looks at him and he goes, um, unless you're going to come back here with the solution to whatever problem you just brought up, please don't bring it up again. So that's, that's sort of the way I feel about when someone has an opinion about the work that you've done. Yeah. Um, even if it's a client like that, you know, like, wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be great if we could just add two more cubbies to this thing that's already sitting in my house and delivered? Yep. Uh, no, no, that would be awful. You know, it's funny. It's because it's, it's kind of the opposite of what I would have thought that would be as far as who's going to tell you that. 
again, I'll bring up Mark because uh, Spagnuolo is probably the, the ultimate woodworker, the real deal. I ain't messing around. This is quality stuff, right? It's just Mark is the, the man. But he's the guy that would walk into your shop and you say, hey, Mark, look what I made. What do you think? And he would probably tell you what a great job you did. That looks fantastic because while he's looking at what you built, he's looking at your shop, he's looking at the, your skill level. You know what I sure. mean? So he's going to yeah. say, hey, and it may be un, unsaid. It may be, hey, that's great for the skill level that you have. That's You did a good job. Great effort, all that. But he's going he's gonna, to he's gonna praise it. He's going to say that's great. Unless there's something so obvious like, hey, by the way, you may not want to leave that big blotch of ink that you spilt out of your pen on the right. middle of it. But, I mean, he's not going to do that. He's going to say, hey, that looks really, really great which is going to invite you to, to ask him, hey, what do you think? Is there something I could have done better, blah, blah, blah. And then the story unfolds, and, and you now learn more skills. But the person that comes in and starts telling you what you did wrong is usually the person that doesn't have the skill set that you do. They really don't. They don't have the ability to make that thing themselves. They can think about it. They can think of what they might have done, but they've not actually done that. And I just, I just find that funny. It's the, the people that know what they're doing and know that you're a hack are the ones that are going to clap you on the back and say, hey, good job, man. That's really yeah. good. And then the guys that are that couldn't put two, what is my thing, uh, glue a couple of popsicle sticks together, those guys are the ones that will tell you, oh, you know, I, I that joint right there, that's not going to hold. You can't glue two end uh, grain uh, blah, 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 large and blue. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what it is also, though? It's, it's the difference between knowing the person, like a Facebook interaction or a right. personal friend in real life versus the anonymity of YouTube. Where it's like uh, it's uh, Bob Hoosier three two one is telling you, you know what, uh, uh, your end grain joints are gonna split after uh, two minutes. And I'm like, this video is actually five years old, and you're cop you're you're commenting on it, and it's just it's just fine. It's yeah. sitting right there. Yeah, right? yeah. So that's I mean, people feel more entitled to what you've put out there when uh, when they know that there's what are you gonna do? You're gonna hunt them down? You're gonna come smack them around? There's nothing to do. They're anonymous. Nobody is yeah. on the internet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, it makes people very courageous. So w at what point do you think you would solicit a second opinion? Like seriously, if you were in the middle of a build, you were doing some client work, um, knowing that what you have, your skill set is good enough. So let's establish that. Your skill set, you can make this thing, and it's good enough. It's it's more than good enough for the, the price you're being paid. Is there any point where you just, you would get that second opinion? I think legitimately when I come up against a challenge and I don't have an answer or I don't have some uh, a way out of a problem that I feel comfortable uh, passing the buck on to the customer. Um, so okay. then I would say, hey, for whatever reason, let's say I'm short of materials or I'm short of some kind of a tool I think I need to get this done. How would you guys do this? Like uh, I remember I, I think last week, maybe two weeks ago, we talked about this thing where I thought I was inventing a new joint, like this spline on a miter to let me join <laughs> two pieces together, end grain, and ultimately uh, you know, save the job at 10 o'clock at night. Um, but if I couldn't have figured out a way to do that, I probably would have reached out and said, what the heck can I do? I've got these two pieces. What can I do to join them? Um, and I am not shy about saying I have no idea what I'm doing. Uh, you yeah. know what I mean? Like I need, I need help here. Um, and I've done that a few times and I'll do it a lot of the times too. Um, specifically with things like I talked about, you know, Gib took the time to sit there and, uh, and we did like this FaceTime where he walked me through how a furnace works with the circuit board and all that stuff. Um, where, uh, Google searches, like I'll do the work myself, but Google search doesn't turn up an answer that makes sense to me. 
or that there just aren't any good answers, that's when I'll reach out. I, I like to do my due diligence first. It's not fair, I think, to be like, hey, uh, how does wood glue work? I mean, those are just things you could easily look up. When right, I get right. to a point where I've exhausted all self-research options, then I'll reach out and I'll, and I'll ask a, a question. I'll take up somebody's time. What about you? I, I, I mean, I, at any time I feel that I can, you know, even though I know I can build the thing and the thing is going to get paid for and they're getting their money's worth and then some, there are still times when I, I'm more self-critical than uh, anybody else would be about my work. Sure. And I'm just not happy with something, so I'll reach out to somebody. <clears throat> Um, but I, I think more often than not, that second opinion I get about things is uh, that recharge, that 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 basically getting that inspiration again. So one of my two, well, there's two, um, two people that I will watch. All I have to do is just watch their video, even if I've seen it, um, mm -hmm. or even if it has not. If they're making something I don't need to make, and that's Scott Turner. He yes. is the ultimate for me. Scott is the ultimate inspiration. The guy, yeah. I just love the way his mind works. He does things that I can do, but on such a <laughs> higher level, it's like, oh my gosh, if I would have just done this one thing a little bit, because I can do that, but when he did that, it just made it a thousand times better, not just a right. little bit better. Uh, and then, of course, Jimmy. You know, yeah. Watch one of Jimmy's videos, and it's just, you know, and both of those, those guys are just, I connect with them because they make the kinds of things that I make. You know, it's random materials, uh, random tools, it doesn't matter. The, the material is almost, the medium that you're using is almost in, unimportant as it is the journey to get to that vision that you had. So to me, that's a second opinion for me. It's like before I even start this, I'm going to watch me some Scott Turner because I know he's going to get the juices flowing. Mm -hmm. My mind's going to start. The wheels are going to start spinning, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to cause me to make better. Even if it's something simple, I know I've made a 1,000 of them. That, that 1,001 that I made after watching Scott's video that's my second opinion. His, sure. his influence, his inspiration. That's interesting. Definitely, yeah. But those two guys also build in the same materials that you build in. Like they both heavily work in both metal and wood. And yeah, so yeah, you. yeah. You know, so I mean, they, like they are your jam, which means that yeah. they wouldn't necessarily be somebody else's. But I think the answer here is you found two guys that inspire you because you guys are sort of on the same wavelength. And there's so many people on YouTube out there that I think it's easy yeah. to sort of find that person for you, for me, you know what I mean, whatever the case. Oh may yeah, be. yeah, it's it's they're not the only two by <laughs> by any means. There's there's a million Jimmys and Scotts out there. Not that Jimmy and Scott are to me the ultimate. No, but they're um, at the top of their game. Yeah, but but there's a lot of those guys out there. They're yeah. just unreal. The, the like I said, it's it's funny how how confident I am with what I can make. And I know if I take my time and make anything, I can make it really well. I can, mm -hmm. I can, I can design. It's artistic. I can do all of those things. It might take me a little longer, but I get it done. Then you just see them make something, and it's like, oh yeah, that's right. That's what the next level is. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I, I know how much I don't know. Again, you know, every time. That's true. That's true. Uh, but you know, if I was looking to make something out of resin, who would I look for for my inspiration? You know, I'd, I'd go find a. Uh, um, He's right near you, Peter Brown. Peter Brown. Yeah, you know, Shop like time. that kind of, right. But, so but there's I, other guys out there doing that too. I mean, it's, it's funny. No, it's no just, question. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, what's his name? I was on the uh, Modern Woodworks Association with him. Oh, there's uh, Keith. No, not Keith. Keith's yeah, pretty amazing. The blanks. Oh, uh, Zach. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah. 
Exactly. So there's a, there's find find your like know who you are and what your rhythm is and then seek that out I guess. But although to be honest with you, I find a lot of inspiration from both Jimmy and and uh, Scott also. So yeah. Yeah. it is what it is. But I do think that those guys are specifically on your wavelength. Um, have you ever gotten a piece of second opinion and then it turned out to be totally wrong? Oh yeah, I I many times especially. You don't have to name names. I'm just curious. No no no. I mean even just when I, especially when I was younger, just uh, doing regular work. You know, it's like. Hey, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I've got, I've got to plumb this gas line from the meter to this thing. Is it okay if I go up over the door frame and just, you know, bolt <laughs> it to the outside of the house? Oh yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Oh cool. Oh my god. Do the whole thing, and then the inspector comes by and says, no, yeah, no, that's got to come off. That's got to come off. Blah, blah, blah. So that happens a lot with, um, uh, I, I can't even say that for sure because I know Justin is probably one of the ultimate contractors that I know. The guy's just got so much knowledge crammed in his head on how to do stuff you know yeah uh, but and sometimes when the when the guys who are bad don't represent everybody yeah the guys who are as good as justin don't represent everybody either i know i know i mean there's been times too when it's like uh, i've gotten i guess it would be unsolicited so uh doing road construction i used to do i had a job where i was putting the reflectors on the road and to mm-hmm. do in that little and the ceramic dots the reflectors in the dots there's a, there's a machine you can sit on the back of this truck and it spits out the epoxy and then you set them down by the layout mark and the guy comes up behind you and he flips them over. Well, we we had a small crew. We would have to do it from sun up till sundown. Anytime we're out of town, you know, you want to work as long as you can to get the job done to move on to the next one. Well, if it's a little too cold, you're not supposed to put that epoxy down. I mean, according to the book, when you open up that book, it says if it's you know, if it's 47 degrees or less, you cannot apply this epoxy. So we go out there and we use just a hand torch, heat up the ground just a little bit, enough time to get that marker on there so we can start our day. Well, this oh. kid comes out fresh out of college. He's got his, when they come out of their car, the inspector carrying a book, you're screwed. <laughs> it, you're, you're just screwed. And he's like, hey, you guys can't, you're going to have to pop all these off. You're going to have to wait till about 10 o'clock and it heats up. And you're like, oh man. Well, the next day, guy gets out of the car and he's got an old, beard and kind of scraggly and he just looks like father time and knowledge himself and, and he's like no oh, just get this stuff done let's get out of here we got more important things to worry about so right. sometimes you get that second opinion that's unsolicited because they're again they think they know and they have all the good intentions and of course you know two plus two is always going to be four unless you have two plus two and then your buddy comes around later and he's got one too then you got five you didn't right. know your buddy was coming come on right there. So, so sometimes that second opinion is worth more or less depending on the person who gave it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's a much more succinct way to say that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I find, um, I think a lot of the, the huge contribution that you personally give to this podcast is that a lot of the times you'll ask a question to either Tim or myself fully fully knowing the answer already but just a sort of like a conversation starter or a way to just sort of like get the just get a story going you know yeah. create a create a dynamic i find a lot of the times when i'll post a question on facebook i'm reasonably certain of the answer also but like it couldn't hurt to have the information out there anyways and just to create the dialogue like how could it really like what am i doing here that's really going to occupy somebody's time so badly and then if somebody searches cuz you can search Facebook groups for answers and like why not create that let's right, say our right. own Wikipedia of whatever answers for things 
So I, I never really feel too bad about asking questions, and it really not at hurt. all. I mean, there's an art to it. There's it could be everything, like you said, from just basically kind of want some validation. You're pretty yeah. sure you know what's up, and, and you throw it out there and just validate what you were thinking in the first place. Sometimes you don't know, and you're looking for answers. Other times you're just stirring the pot. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you're just stirring. There are the pot. some Joel, guys who are specialists at that. Joel Crawford. Yeah. Mr. Mr. Uh, maybe I've said too much. He does. He says too much every day in his memes. <laughs> That's usually they're bathroom related. So yeah, they are. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, much. but it's all fun. It's it's yeah. it's definitely fun. What about being on the uh, the the second opinion side? You're the one that's being asked for a second opinion. How does that make you feel? That's that could be scary sometimes. Yeah, you know, I won't really chime in too often unless I'm really certain of it. Because I don't want to be giving bad advice. Like, usually I won't give opinion. I'll give experience. Right, right. Because, you know, hey, uh, you know, can you use a 120 grid on a belt sander? Yeah, but that's probably not the best use of, you know, that tool for that grit. Right, right. Whatever the case may be, you know what I'm saying? Just as an example. So, in my opinion, you know, that's a, that's a bulk removal tool you don't really want to be doing any fine sanding with a with a belt sander so mm -hmm. you know if you're up to 120 already that's when i'd move on to a different that kind of in my experience that's been you know the course of action that i that i put out there whereas you know really keeping it theoretical and all like academic well according to woodologists what you know what i mean like who is that helping that person could have googled that same answer themselves right 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 I think I think you're right. I think most second opinions, most valid second opinions, are born of experience. It's, right. it's you, you know. I've done this thing and it worked for me, and here's what I did. You, you can try that if if you try this. I know it's worked for me in the past, and it, it's a, it's kind of a safe way, but it's also a. It may not be the result they're looking for, but it's like here's what I tried. This happened, and if, if that's what you're looking for, or close enough to what you're looking for, give this a try. That's that's ninety nine percent of what I know too. It's like, hey, I know this has worked for me. You know, try, right. give this a try, All right? But that's why I like kind of like the community aspect of it. Like, so if enough of us say something like, in my experience, right, A has happened, and like five other guys say, yeah, A happened for me also. The person getting the advice feels pretty darn confident that that's what's going to happen, and that's sort of what I look for in the answer. I look, I'm looking for consensus. Right, right. Well, and a lot of times, like I said, you'll find out too that there's a lot of answers. So. And sometimes it can be confusing in the case of removing a wall, but if it's in the case of, you know, what, what, you know, how can I cut this hole so I use a drill bit or a forcer bit or whatever, and you'll get people saying, oh, well, you can do this, you know what, I found this, or blah, 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 or you can use a punch. Now you've got, okay, I trust all these guys. I know these are all ways that could work. What, what works for you? you know? Right. So it does give you options, which is, I think most often when we're reaching out for a second opinion, we're looking for options more than anything. Mm -hmm. I think we're also looking for confirmation of what we already thought. So sometimes yeah, yeah, I'll just yeah. be like, like, 10 guys will say, don't do it. Two guys will say, do it. And I'll be like, well, I mean, I did have two guys that said, do it. So, Well, mine's even better. It's like, I'll do something and then I'll think about it. Then I'll put it out there like, hey, what would you guys do? <laughs> and I've already done it. It doesn't matter. I just want somebody to validate. Right. 50 guys say, yeah, don't use that sandpaper. And one guy says, yeah, use this brand. I did. I knew I was right. Right. Well, I'll, gi I'll give you, I'll give you an example of one where I did. I fell into the trap of confirmation bias. So I did. Um, I put up my fence a couple years ago, mm -hmm. and I remember thinking, uh, I saw a video where somebody did, you know, that that two part polyurethane foam, that expanding foam instead of concrete. Right. And I was like, 
I do not want to be carrying bags and bags and bags of concrete and mixing it and pouring it and all that stuff. Figure this foam stuff was just a ticket. You know what I mean? The fence instead of costing me twenty five hundred bucks, cost me nine hundred. Right. Um, and concrete would have been a little bit cheaper, but it would have killed me on the labor. Right. right. Um, and so uh, I did it, and I, but I put it out to the guys first. You know, uh, to everyone first. What do you think of this? Most people were like, try it, but you're probably not going to be happy with the results. And I was like, well, that's good enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> so sure enough, I did it. And, um, and, and I, wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend it to somebody else. I would say, you know what? Get a buddy to help you with the concrete or suck it up, buttercup, and just use the right, concrete right. anyways. Because it's not that, the, that it doesn't hold the post secure. It does, but it's more subject to the ground shifting. And so a lot of my posts now are under a lot of stress and it's only okay. being buttressed by the rest of the fence that's holding them straight. Right. And certain parts where they're not, you know, they're being pushed a different way. And so it's it's a little janky of a fence, right? Now. It looks fine. Like if it wasn't me looking at it and looking for the stuff that's wrong, you right. probably couldn't tell because eventually over time, a fence is never going to stay perfect. But uh, but if I could do it over again, I would just put in the concrete. Well. That's that's a good example. I, I can see it having its purposes, but maybe not for the uh, for the uh, uh, long term advantage. For, I would do it as a fix or a, a much shorter run. But this right. is like I did like seventy feet of fence, <laughs> and to sort of have all this fence held up by foam. In hindsight, is like what was I thinking? Which is probably a good name for next week's Matt, topic. I still have a hard time with pecs for plumbing, right? Okay, tell me about it. No, I, I understand that it's amazing product and everything, but I, it's just not, I don't do enough of plumbing and keep up with it to know the, what's good. But I'm like, how can you put plastic under cement? Like you lay down this PEX, like whether they're doing a heated radiant floor, it's basically mm -hmm. plastic tubing for your house plumbing, you know, or they're, or they're running it through the walls or whatever. It's like, how is that plastic ever going to hold up as long as some good old corrosive Copper, copper or, <laughs> or, or you know and it's just like i know that it works and i think if i ever bought a house and it was already in there i'd be like this is great it's got pecs right because right. that's it's, it's proven itself it's it ain't been around for a couple of years it's been around for decades and decades yeah. it's, it's proven itself but it's not what i see especially on the west coast it's just it got here a lot later i think than it did on the east coast ah okay um but yeah that's but even though i know in my my mind my logically I'm like this is a better way to do that I think you know it's going to last longer the connections are easier I think mm -hmm. repairs are probably easier on it um, but I'm just like no man I need I need stuff that you can't touch with other metal because it'll corrode and yeah, you gotta exactly. halfway burn your house down when you're trying to fix that leak up in the corner and your rafters are on fire and you're trying to you're trying to jam a piece of tin metal up there knowing that it's still going to get just as hot behind I just yeah but that's at least you, the, you know the devil you know right that's what they say most often it is the devil you know exactly yeah. <laughs> can you think of a time where um, you didn't take someone's second opinion and were very happy with the result uh, yeah. like thank god I didn't listen to that clown yeah both both uh, happy with the results and both kicking myself in the butt because I didn't listen the first time um, uh, made a simple table very yeah. simple table. And again, I said most of the stuff I asked for is uh, um, finish, you know, advice. Help me with that. And I just did my trick with finish. You know, you put a couple coats of 
water poly on it, sand it down really smooth. I don't even worry about bubbles and stuff because I'm going to sand it anyway. Get it smooth. It came out really pretty. This lady loved it. You know, a lot of guys don't like the plastic look and all that. Whatever. It's shiny wood. That's what people want. They want their, they want to see the wood that's clear and shiny. That's what they want. Yeah. Uh, very happy with the result. Another time I asked for help. Um, I don't remember what the project was, but it, it was just basic construction of it. And I got the whole thing done. And it was a bigger piece. It might have been like a, 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 a credenza. Is that what you call it? The big cabinet thing, like a dresser for the kitchen? Uh, it's either a buffet or a sideboard or something yeah, like that. Yeah, something like that. Anyway, it's yeah. a dresser for the kitchen. Something okay. like that. And just how to do some joinery on it. Because it was a big Mondo piece. And the guy says, oh, man, you got to do that. That was going to take me way too much time add at least an extra hour to my build yeah, right uh, no i know what i meant <laughs> yeah unloading it getting it into her kitchen going through one of the doors my buddy dropped to his corner on it and the whole thing just kind of fell apart <gasps> in, in front of the client i'm just like oh, oh my god yeah, that was what, I mean, what was, was the joint used in the end uh, uh, what i i just basically uh grew and uh screwed and glued it right okay a couple couple dowels here and there to help it as opposed to doing some uh, rabbits and fitting things in nice and just just d taking the extra time and right. if it had been a smaller piece it would have been fine it was just too big to rely on glue and screws yes and it just fell apart it just absolutely cracked i mean it didn't like fall apart like you know uh, uh tinker toys or something but when i dropped it you can see it cracked one of the pieces came off that one of the support legs came off the drawer yeah. started sliding out and i'm like oh no uh. it just you can't win but again right. it, was, it wasn't really a client so much as just a friend i built it for them didn't charge them a whole lot so i was just i just had to redo it and i did it correctly took took my buddy's advice and uh it was beautiful it was solid <clears throat> things probably still good enough that you can like park your car on top of it and it would be there today sure what about this one? Has there ever been a time where you did a project and you and you wished you had reached out and said, because it was something new for you and you're like, oh man, I wish I had asked somebody for this because for sure I made a bubble mistake on it. Yeah, the first um, cigar box guitar I made and I filmed it and I screwed it up on film and that's great because it was a fun video, but yeah. instead of, I, I just thought I would glue up strips of plywood to make like a little a miniature solid body guitar. And I just okay. didn't know, I'd never done anything like that. And I get almost to the end, and I'm just trying to um, hog out the pockets for where the wiring and stuff goes in the jack, and it just went right through the bottom of it. And I'm like, oh, man. It was on film, so it was. I guess it was worthwhile. But that's Somebody just learned. one of those cases. Yeah, if, if I would have done more research and uh, just reached out to Tim, just Tim. I mean, Tim is the man when it comes to guitars. Right. Uh, if I had just reached out to him and said, hey, what do you think about this, blah, 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 I probably would have built it. It probably still would have sucked because when I look at that video now and I see the design, the neck is skinny and wonky and the, everything is just kind of wrong on it. But I, I at least wouldn't have blew, blew out the back of it trying to shove a drill through something that I shouldn't have been trying to shove a drill through. Sure. I mean, all those things, right? You got to do a lot of them wrong to get one right. Yeah. It's, it's pretty rare that you're going to do something you've never done before and just like hit a home run right away. Well, one of the things I, I like to think now, don't do this with something that's kind of important. You know, put your pride down and ask for help. Mm -hmm. uh, if it's something that you've got money invested into or somebody's paying you for, you need the time because time itself can cost you. If, if you're trying to build something and you need to get it done in a week and it takes you two weeks because you didn't just ask for help, you've lost money, right? Sure. So I'm not talking about that, but some projects you need to just kind of go for it. Just go for it because yeah. 
I'm I'm at a point now, and I hope this doesn't come out wrong, but I'm at a point now where I have to screw up to know that I don't know stuff, right? Because right. I'm, I know I'm very comfortable with what I do know, and so I try and do things, and I know a lot, a little bit about a lot of things. So I always try and do those things. Well, if I want to discover anything new, I need to make those mistakes. I need to find out that yep, you didn't know that. All your experience didn't work there, did it, buddy? Right? Yeah. Kind of got to go through that. I know what you mean. Um... Well, not to the same extent, obviously. I, I, I know that I lack a lot of information. And uh, and one example of a project that I did that I really wish I did reach out to people about was kind of like, like what's the max width of a single cabinet, like a single two-door cabinet that you should make before uh, it, it like it can't sort of hold itself together square. And so I made, <laughs> I made a cabinet probably too wide. I should have done two smaller ones and butted them up against each other so that they'd be more rigid. Right. And so now it's upstairs and it holds all the kids like uh, board games and stuff. But you can see that like the gap on the door is is bigger at the bottom than it is at the top. It's like tight at the top and at the bottom it's a yeah, little yeah. bit. It's not that bad and it's not noticeable except probably by me. But I noticed it and I'm like, hmm, should I redo this? And because it's it's not exactly uh, solid walnut either. It's it's, right. it's melamine, right? So it, it is subject to way more flex. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty sure cabinet making is one of the woodworking things that probably uses the most formulaic math out there. Yes, for sure. It really, it really does. I mean, there's, there's, you know, that for X amount of inches wide, you can use these amount of supports because they've got it figured down to a science. Because that's, a, you want to crank out cabinets to make money. You got, you got to mm-hmm. be able to do that. So there's got to be a set way to make them. The finish, the, uh, the trim and stuff on it, that's all fluff. But the actual structure of it, they've got that down to a science. It's. I mean, if I think of of the thing that you can do and make real money with in woodworking, like that's that's been done the most, it probably mm-hmm. is cabinetry, right? right? Finding a woodworker in your town to make you a custom piece of heirloom furniture, probably fewer and further between. Mm-hmm. Somebody to make you kitchen cabinets, you, your town probably has five of them. Oh yeah, yeah. If, if you not know what I mean, more. So like, I mean, it's 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 a bread and butter type of. Uh, contract work so clearly that information is out there and i really screwed the pooch by not looking for it (laughs) you know i'm like i could do this no problem but the truth is it was melamine i mean like it's like 20 bucks for an eight by four sheet i could redo this and it would really be no skin i still have like the the little plastic white screw covers and i still have the edge trim so like do i have what i lack is not the money to redo the 20 bucks of materials it's it's the time um, and the thing is up there, and no one's really complaining. So, but you know, lesson learned. In the next one, I'll I'll do better. Don't don't you find that time will somehow bite you in the butt, no matter what? You've got to put the time in because if you don't put the time in now, you'll put the time in later. You're not getting away with it. You're just you're just prolonging that time that needs to be added to that thing to make it right. My wife has an expression, and it goes like this: Cheap is expensive, and expensive is cheap. Yeah. So you're gonna pay for it now. Or you're going to pay for it later, but later it's actually going to cost you way more. Yeah. So whether it's time or money, which for me, in my sort of philosophical thinking, are totally interchangeable. Like uh, yeah. you know, uh, E equals M C squared, energy and matter. You know, like they're they're both sides of a of an equation. For me, time and money are the same thing. You're either trading one for the other. You're trading it's, your time to make money, and you're trading your money for somebody else's time. It's, it's all that interesting stuff in between that time and that money that makes either one of them worthwhile, right? Well, there's always a formula. Like, 
is is my time worth more than it would cost to pay to have somebody do it or is my time less expensive than somebody who would charge to come and do this and can i do it properly right that's sort of the calculus that i always have like could i fix the furnace myself and save a lot of money yes can i uh you know could i should i fix this plumbing myself uh, heck no heck no because <laughs> The cost of you know a flooded basement is way more than the boo boo I would make. You know what I mean? So that's always the calculus that I do whether or not I should be doing something myself. Like well, what are the consequences? Point, at, at some point you're going to get to the point. Can I fix this furnace myself and save a lot of money? I don't care. I don't want to do it. You do it. That's that's going to come. That, that, Fair that, that's going to come. Yeah. That 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 does come out. And I guess that would be a time thing. Then you're still saving that time. So your yeah. time, your value of what I want to do, do I, I just don't want to do that thing or I want to spend that time doing something else or with my kids or whatever. So, I like, I like the sort of um, – I kind of treat making and fixing and building kind of like mm -hmm. a survival skill, right? Like yeah. if somebody dumped you off in the middle of the woods, like could you survive? So for me, one time we had it where um, we came back from Christmas holidays and it was Sunday night and the house was frigid. The furnace had been off since that morning and it was like minus 20 here, oh, which geez. do the math between Celsius and Fahrenheit, it's very cold. And we minus little... anything is cold, that's yes. strong. So we had little kids and obviously I couldn't be like, well, suck it up, we'll, you know, I can't say suck it up to a two-year-old and a, a you know a three-month-old. So you so... hiked your way to the Hilton? No. No. I said, I told my wife, I said, give me half an hour. If not, we'll pay the $1,200 emergency plumber fee to get someone to come and fix our HVAC. Oh, so man. within half an hour, I had, I had fixed it and got the furnace going again. There was a little trick where you can bypass the, uh, the valve. It was like a, it was a reed switch or something where you, mm -hmm. if you suck in and blow out, it was a diaphragm switch. Right, right. And so that reset the whole thing and and fixed it and I had to do that a few more times throughout the next few months but finally I called them and it was under warranty anyway and they replaced the whole sensor something was cracked in there anyways long story short I I pride myself on being able to fix something at the 11th hour if nobody's available to come and fix it and then that's the way I see that skill set so I, I like to think that if I get dumped off in the woods where I live I know I can walk for a half an hour and and uh, find what I need to survive not not, not I mean like like Seven Eleven. Ah, okay. I yeah. thought you meant like yeah. like no. There's a kind of two uh, roots and tubers that I could eat. You're no, saying no. no. People are saying you need to stock up and you know guns and ammo and food and prepare for the worst. I'm like, I live where all that stuff is here. I only need a gun. I don't need to have all that other stuff because my right. gun will get me everything else I need. So. That's true. That's yeah. true. Great attitude. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, too much. Too much. Okay. So, um, iTunes review, review. Let's meet, if, see if we have another. Uh, I'll uh, look at the American. Let's see. Do, do. Do, 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 do. We are well prepared. Well, I have these um, things open. No, that's, that's good. That's tremendous. Just, Let's continue to fill this dead air with us talking about and being prepared and clicking and click, click. All right, ratings and reviews. Um, I think it's just one, and it's American, so you go ahead. All right, fantastic podcast for makers and insomniacs by 802338 on October 8th. It is a shame that there are so many people who suffer from insomnia who don't know about this podcast. Nice guy. Now, is this where I say that the podcast is actually extremely entertaining? 
That's it. Ten, ten out, out of ten. Ten out of ten. We love you, 80238. We love you. I feel you. like that's like something you'd put into your calculator, turn it upside down, and it says something like boobies. No, you can do my name that way, though. If you push uh, 7718 and flip it upside down, it's Bill. Right. So 80238, not the case, though. Bezob, maybe? I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, something like that. All right. Otherwise, I don't know what that means. Uh, moving on to the next fantastic segment. Weekly tip segment. Ooh. <laughs> uh, let me scramble for 10 seconds here. I'll, I'll give you one, uh, but you can have yours as well. But okay. um, uh, I know that you can get away with doing just about anything uh, with very minimal tools, but sometimes I like to have the right tool for the job. So we were just talking about melamine and cabinetry, um, and there are a few little tools that that make that work just way easier. Because okay. when you're putting on edge banding onto melamine, yes, you can just use a you know like a, a carpet knife or a box cutter or whatever and trim your edging, um, or you could use a chisel and run it up against the the flat side of the of the shelf or the board. To, but they also have these like these perfect razor trimmers that will just go and do it nicely in one shot and uh, just gives it a pro look. Um, and, and so sometimes, it, unless the tool is crazy expensive, these things are 20 bucks. And I think if you're gonna be doing a lot of edge banding, spend the money and do it right. They also have these pressure rollers that like after you heat it up with an iron, you just go back and forth with the roller. I mean, you could just use a piece of MDF or a dowel or something and do it. But again, if you're gonna be doing a lot of edge banding, Go in there and, and, and I would get the, the right tools. You're gonna, be, you're gonna be saving a ton of money doing this cabinetry yourself anyway. Might as well invest in, in some of the, the cheaper tools that just let you do it right you know, off, off the bat and make your life way easier. I, I wish I sort of had paid attention to that when I did, uh, I did my daughter's uh, walk-in closet. I did it and, uh, and I sort of didn't really know about the tools slash thought I could just get away with what I had. And, uh, and if I could go back, I would have made my life easier by spending an extra 50 bucks. Yeah, I like that tip. Um, definitely, if if you're going to, if you find yourself using a particular tool of any kind, even if you're a Phil Pinsky, uh, magical, find my stuff on Craigslist, and I've got this amazing tool. Don't skip out on the blade. If you've got a table mm -hmm. saw you found, put a good blade on there. You'll find that most often on a table saw, when when it's not cutting right or it seems like the motor is weak, your blade is dull. You know, and Blades can be sharpened. I know all of that, but blades are also really inexpensive compared to even five years ago. Quality yeah. blades are out there for fairly cheap. Just keep a good sharp blade on it, uh, or, or invest in the tools that you'll be using a lot. If you're if you're using your drill press a lot, buy a good set of drill bits. You know, you don't have to go get that that eight piece set. You know, buy a quality set of drill bits that you're going to use. You're going to pay up the wazoo for it. But like we were talking earlier, you're going to save a lot of money in the end run. So excellent, excellent tip. Phil, I think we can. I think we can retire on that bit of advice. Oh, well, all right then. You know what? I, just to further, uh, you know, pound the last nail in that coffin is, I feel like a lot of the times we spend money on our machines, but then we try to get away with the cheapest consumables that go with them, whether oh, that's yes, drill bits or blades yeah. or sandpaper. And the truth is, those are the tool also. So if you spent a thousand bucks on a cabinet saw. Spend 50 bucks on a decent blade, like right. a Freud 50 tooth combo blade, uh, which is the one I definitely recommend. I'm not associated or anything. It's just every time I try to get away with it and uh, and spend a little bit less on a cheaper blade, yep. I always regret it. Um, and yeah, get some decent drill bits and get some 
decent sandpaper, uh, you'll make your life way easier. So it's funny if you go to anybody's shop, you can look in there and see what they kind of. Most people will they do something specific. Uh, Dan Harju, if you went to his shop, he he makes these amazing tables and beds and everything. So he has he makes use of of particular tools, and I bet you, regardless of how old his tool is, the consumables that he uses to, to make his bread and butter, he invests yeah. good quality into it. Anybody, if you're a welder, you're gonna have, you might have an old rickety dink welder, but your your uh, your feed wire is gonna be quality. You don't wanna put garbage feed wire in it, anything like that. So yeah, Phil Pinsky, home run, bit of advice. Yay. Pro tip, pro tip of the week. What um what grabbed your attention this week, Bill Lutz? Ah, you know I have been so I haven't been making morning pictures or nothing because I've just been either doped up on Vicodin or oh you know what got my attention? Tell me. Uh, uh, the show The Americans. Okay. Uh, it's about a Russian uh, couple yeah. who's been here forever and they're Russian spies, but it's set right now. We're on season five. It's set in the middle of the eighties. And it's just, it's one of those things that just makes you think it's like, anyway, just a great show you should watch. That's that's what I've been kind of zombieing out on. It's a good Vicodin show because when you nod off and on, it's not hard to catch up. You know, if you okay. missed, if you missed 20 minutes, you can still catch up when you open your eyes again. Hmm. <laughs> that's, uh, that is good. That is good. Yeah. Um, I'm still on my uh, retro computing kick. Ah. I'm still. I'm still trying to find a good deal on a uh, on a Commodore 64 because <clears throat> I want to set it up and I want that to be the, uh, my son's introduction to computers. I don't want him to have to deal with a mouse and I kind of want to be able to, um, I, I don't know, I feel like that would be a great introduction for him. I can uh, save you some time and money mm -hmm. and I have an original iPhone. I can just mail this to you. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> you know, I find a lot of kids these days and, and I... I'm exposed to a lot of kids because, uh, you know, I coach a lot of stuff and uh, I volunteer at my, my son's school. A lot of kids have a great grasp on on the sliding and the swiping with iPads and they're good with the mouse clicking. But very few of them are good at typing and, and having a good grasp and being able to just think about the way a computer works from a, from a keyboard point of view. And I think as a fundamental, it's so important. That was my process. Well, I... Frankly, I had, I'm old enough that my first computer didn't have a mouse. Uh, none of them did. <laughs> so I had to learn like keyboard commands for everything, and I had to learn DOS and, and command line for all that stuff. And it's really, really important for kids to know that stuff. Uh, you can't just point and click your way through everything on a computer. You really do need to be able to roll up your sleeves and get in there. And I think that programming and coding is super important. So I, I really want to uh, build that up from Anyways, so that's what I'm doing. I'm on... Uh, I'm on Craigslist and stuff looking for a Commodore 64 for my son. So that's one of my that. one of my biggest regrets. And it's funny. Um, the show, The Americans. One of the things he's trying to he's trying to infiltrate and get a um, schmooze with uh, this gal that's a computer programmer. Okay. Right. And she says, "Well, I can show you how to do this." He's he's and it's, so his thing is like, "Oh, I've got all these papers and all." So well, we can do these on a spreadsheet. Mm -hmm. Now, when I was 18, I decided, you know what, computers might go somewhere. <laughs> I'm going to take a class. It was uh, Windows 3, I believe. Yeah. And it was uh, spreadsheet was Lotus 1, 2, 3. Mm -hmm. 
and she on the show last night. We were watching. She saw, I can show you how to do this on Lotus One Two Three. And I looked at Casey. I'm like, I have the certificate. I have <laughs> computer information processing. I'm certified. I have the. I still have the certificate. I'm, I am. I can use Lotus One Two Three. That is hysterical. That is very funny. Very funny. I get that reference. Good for you. That's hey. very funny. That's fun. That's um, free so of Okay, our websites, ironandsoul.com, williamlutes.com. That's it. Yeah, we don't know anybody else. That's it. Just kidding. Timsway.net, newperspectivesmusic.com. Contact us for show topics, suggestions, feedback, all that good stuff. We love hearing from you guys. Info at reclaimedaudiopodcast.com or hit us up on Twitter at Reclaimed Audio on iTunes. Leave us them reviews. We love hearing from you guys. Questions, comments, uh, unsolicited second opinions. Patreon.com slash Reclaimed Audio, the best way to keep these two guys on the air. So thank you, good night, and have a great week. Bye, everybody. Well, be good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaving that in. I think we